Hello and welcome back. This is the Mindfulness with Art podcast. I'm Art and I'm here to talk about some mindfulness. Um, thank you for joining me, really. I, I'm having so much fun doing this. Um, in my first episode, which is about a week ago, and I really, I can't believe how much fun this last week has been doing these every day. But anyway, in my first episode, I talked about how uh, even when I was wrapped up in my, you know, this reactive and tumultuous life that I used to have, that, that all through it, I, I had this lingering notion somewhere, somehow, that something needed to change. You know, do you ever feel like that? You know, I used to feel like like I was just going through life at 100 miles per hour, striving for the goals that I'd set and just never stopping to examine anything about them. Right? I had just these goals were all that mattered and I just was going going going, you know? I mean, just the very idea of stopping to examine is the opposite of progress, right? So so therefore it just didn't make sense to even pause, right? I, I always felt like I knew, you know, what I should be doing. I, I knew my goals and I knew the only thing I could do was to barrel forward towards them. Um, you know, I don't know if this resonates with anybody out there, but but if you do, I just want you to know you're not alone, okay? You know, I was so sure that I knew what I wanted and I knew what I needed that there was not even any reason to ask questions. You know, that's the overriding feeling I had. But but again, something told me that there was something wrong and, and you know, and it was just too bad that I couldn't stop, you know? <laughs> and again, questions meant stopping, right? And stopping was the opposite of progress. So therefore, stopping would betray these goals that I had set for myself. And therefore, I just couldn't do it. Right. And, and it didn't matter that I lacked happiness in my life. Right. It didn't that didn't even come into the equation. Right. You know, the goal was the only thing, you know, now in my case, the goal was was money, you know, making a lot of money so that I could support this lifestyle of going out all the time and traveling and buying a bunch of nice stuff and having the status of, of whatever, you know, the, the, the nice car, the nice house, you know, all that stuff, right? And the nice clothes that I could walk around in, you know, all that stuff. That was the only thing that mattered, right? Now, you know, but again, I'm going to, at the risk of repeating myself, I'm going to say that somewhere in the back, in the depths of my mind, I knew that something was somehow off, right? You know, now, I mean, for me, you know, I was obese (laughs) and I was an alcoholic and there was lots of signs that something was wrong. But, you know, but the thing is like, you don't have to be obese, to be unhealthy, right? You don't have to truly be an alcoholic who's struggling with the alcoholism to, to be drinking too much, right? And, and that's the problem I think that a lot of people have is that, you know, they, they don't even, they're not even aware of the damage that they're doing to themselves, you know? And, and again, I, if there's anybody out there who's, who's resonating with what I'm saying, you know, please know that you're not alone and that, that it's not just you, um, you know, and, and that, you know, and that there are ways out of it. Okay. And that's, and that's what I'm here to talk about, you know, cause, cause the funny thing is that, um, that once I hit the bottom, so it's so, 
you know, so-called bottom, you know, and I had to stop to reflect, I learned something really, really important, you know, like life-saving important, right? I learned that the reason that I thought it was pointless to stop and reflect on what, I, what was wrong is that I was looking through this sort of prism that I'd learned to look through for my whole life, right? So, you know, like, like, you know, it makes me now want to kind of ask the question, like, like, why do we want the things that we want, right? Now, of course, there's, there's advertising, which, which makes us believe that we don't have enough and that we, we can look better and we can have a better relationship and we can, we should be driving a nicer car and should be living in a nicer house and wearing nicer clothes. You know, of course, that's a, a, a con- an orchestrated effort to make us believe that stuff, right? But the only reason advertising works is because there's something in our minds that allows this to work, okay? And so, you know, it's, it's kind of like you, you can't recognize how wrong something is because you're so immersed in it, right? And that's, the re- that's one of the reasons why advertising and things like advertising work so well on us, okay? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like this, this concept if you, you know, there's like a philosophical concept of, of, you know, asking a fish to define water, right? A fish knows nothing about water because water is all it knows, right? It's surrounded in water for its whole life, and therefore it just doesn't even know how to define what water is, right? It's the same thing with us. Like, like how often do we pause to consider what air is, right? Like, we can all share, we all know that it's made of oxygen and, and carbon dioxide and everything else, but, but how often do we, we stop and just sort of question what it is and why it is that we're doing it and yet we take thousands of breaths every day and if you remove like even just a few of those breaths you could literally stop living you know but but again just like the fish in water we're unable to even examine it because it's so sort of pervasive to our life and so you know all encompassing of ourselves okay you know and so and so the the way this kind of translates into what i want to talk about today is you know is the fact that we're you know most of us in this life most of us in this world are are living our lives through these things called implicit memories and beliefs right now these these implicit memories and beliefs were were mostly formed before we were 10 years old right and they are so ingrained in our lives and in our just everything, you know, just like breathing air, you know, these implicit beliefs are so ingrained in our just very foundation of our logic that we don't even know to question them, right? Like, like we don't even realize that we should question them or that we can even can question them, right? <laughs> so let me step back for a second and explain what I mean by implicit memories and, and beliefs, okay? So I, I often use the simple task of operating a car to illustrate what I mean. Now, now I don't mean the, the task of driving, right? I'm not talking about, you know, uh, regulating speed and, and steering around turns and, and, you know, and following road signs and stuff like that. I'm, I'm talking about operating the device of a car, right? So like when you get into your car, right? You just put the key in the ignition, fasten your seatbelt, you, you probably turn on the radio, you, you press the brake, you put the car in gear, right? And only at that point 
after you've done all those things, do you look in the mirror and start actually thinking about what you're doing? <laughs> and to be sure, a lot of people, you know, don't even start thinking at that point. And that's why we have like fender benders in parking lots, right? Because you're, you're still like, you know, you might be talking to somebody else in the car while you're, you're backing out of a spot you're not even thinking about at that point. So even that can become implicit. But, but for everyone, those first, you know, five or six things that you do when you get in the car are totally implicit, right? So you're not thinking to yourself like, okay, let me see how, let me fit this key into this slot. Okay, let me turn it this way. Let me operate my wrist to turn it. Um, let me, you know, reach across my body with my right hand and pull this belt over and put this one piece of metal into this other and now let me lift my right foot and put my foot down onto a brake and so on and so forth, right? We don't think through these things in that way, right? Now, <laughs> please, I'm not suggesting that you should be thinking about things in those ways when you're, when you're doing something simple as, drive, as, as starting your car, okay? Again, this was a very, very simple illustration example of, of what I'm talking about, right? So, um, so I'm not suggesting that we should all examine every single move that we're making in our lives. In some cases, you know, this implicit um, level of our memories is actually quite helpful, right? Because otherwise, how would we be able to think of anything else except everything that we're doing in our lives, right? So, so please, I hope that's clear. <laughs> um, but, what, but what I'm trying to illustrate, right, is that, is that this is exactly how our brains work in an implicit way, right? And, and it's kind of like an autopilot thing, right? So, so the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, if we apply the same reasoning to all the many decisions and actions we take through our lives, you know, how would that be different from just sort of, you know, going through it just in the same fashion as we're starting a car, right? Like, you know, just examining the difference, right? So, so for instance, in, in, in like sort of a life um, in example, right? If a person grows up in a house where the, the mother and or the father, you know, are hyper-focused on, on career and, and everything revolves around, you know, the, the job and the, and the, you know, the, the, you know, gaining of money in order to pay for things, right? Then, then the person who grows up in that house, right? is is often going to be um you know sort of these actions are going to often become the same as you know as starting your car right is that you won't think about it right so so for example that that person will grow up to be someone who you know just wakes up every morning and and just you know just kind of goes forth with the day without considering it right so so you'll mind that person will mindlessly go to work you know no matter how unhappy that person might be no matter how frustrated that person might be no matter how empty that person might feel about their job right they're not going to question it they're just going to do it because it's just the way things are right and that's because it's been the foundation of that person's entire being since they were little kids right so now alternatively if a person grows up with a father and a mother who spend a lot of time at home, you know, and, and focus on the family and, and, you know, sort of the moment to moment activities and existence of the family, you know, that person will probably grow up without much drive 
uh, to accomplish things, right? It'll be more satisfied to sort of just be and just, you know, sort of, you know, like, like just sort of let life happen around them rather than, you know, striving to, to gain things and control things, you know, do you see what I'm saying? So, so like, like, you know, money will be a lot less important to that second person, right? So will material possessions, you know, and time with other people will dominate the, those priorities, right? And, and so, so the first person would call the second person a slacker, right? And, and that's sort of, you know, so that, that's kind of what I'm driving at in terms of how implicitly these things can become true, right? Because I don't think people, you know, like when they're in their teenage years decide, okay, I'm going to just be a slacker my life. I'm going to just, you know, decide not to strive for things. And I'm going to try, I'm not going to, you know, try to achieve goals. I'm just going to be happy with, with just sitting around, right? That's not a conscious decision for most people. That's just like starting a car, right? So now, now let me be very, very clear. Okay. I am not here to tell you which of these ways is right or wrong. Okay. That, that, I mean, I don't think you can say one is right or wrong. Okay. And that, that's my opinion. Everybody has their own opinion, but I want to be very clear that I am not advocating that, you know, you should get rid of all your material possessions and and don't strive for anything and you'll be much happier, right? I mean, that's not necessarily true, right? However, what I'm trying to do is trying to tell you about bringing awareness to these, you know, sort of, um, you know, these sort of uh, implicit ways in which we act, Okay, um, so I'm simply suggesting, right, that it's it's very healthy, you know, to pause and and honestly examine whichever implicit behavior, you know, we are engaged in, and to and to examine, you know, what is implicit and what is not implicit, right? Because this is a very healthy thing and can help people to avoid a lot of pain and suffering later on in their lives. Okay, so in, in my personal story, right, which I shared here a week ago, um, this. This, this implicit behavior led led me to some really harmful habits. You know, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I was an alcoholic, I was obese, I had horrible blood pressure, the whole thing, you know. You know, it's because I, I felt so driven to some kind of success that could only be measured by money and nice things and nice houses and cars and clothes and all that stuff, you know, I wound up in a very, very stressed out place, like so stressed out that it was, it was killing me, literally killing me, you know, um, you know, because, and the reason why it was killing me is because of the maladaptive coping, coping mechanisms that cause, you know, that cause very dangerous mental and physical health conditions, right? Because, you know, getting so stressed out, you know, and again, the stress itself became like the water to the fish, right? It was just part of life, you know, it was just like, okay, this is just how things are. And, and, you know, and, and assuming that this is how things are led me to, to engage in what is known as these maladaptive coping mechanisms, which, you know, just to, to relieve some of the stress, I would drink, I would eat, I would, you know, spend my money, you know, wildly, you know, and, and just, you know, and just, and all those things wound up feeding the stress more than they wound up relieving it. Now that's a different subject. We'll get into that in another time. Um, but, but again, I want to be clear. I am not saying that money and nice things are the problem here. 
Okay, like lots of people have a lot of money and lots of people have a lot of nice things and they're not obese and they're not alcoholics and they're not stressed out all the time, right? The, those things, you know, the, those things were arrived at because personally I was allowing this implicit behavior and these implicit beliefs to dictate my actions every day over many, many years of my life without ever challenging them, without questioning them, right? So, you know, and that's how I wound up in a bad place, you know? And again, if anybody out there is resonating with the words that I'm talking about, I I want you to know that you are not alone and that it is not your fault, okay? And that, that there are ways in which you can, you know, sort of understand this stuff better. And when you understand it better, you can then change it for your your own benefit. Okay. And, and I'm going to get into that a lot deeper in a lot more episodes here, you know, um, you know, cause again, as I said, in the beginning of this episode, right. Even while I was stuck in all this stuff, I knew that something should be different. Something was somehow just seemed wrong. Okay. Um, But at the same time, because of how implicit these things were and how my brain was just sort of operating on this autopilot with these things, I never felt like I could challenge these actions and beliefs. And therefore, like I just said, the, the stress that came out of it and the, 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 you know, consequences of the stress and the maladaptive coping mechanisms just seemed like you know, just the reality. And it didn't, it wasn't even something that I could even, you know, bother questioning because it was just the way things were, right? So it was only when I discovered mindfulness that I understood how to really examine these implicit beliefs. And now here's the important thing. I understood how to question them without judgment, okay? Because many times during the past, in, you know, in, in moments of clarity, you know, I would, I would question these things and I would say, you know, something's wrong here, but, but in doing that, I was doing it with a judgment, okay? And, and when you do that with a judgment, you, you get into self-blame and you get into, you know, feelings of inadequacy and you get into feelings of like, like something's wrong with me, right? And it's really, really important to stay away from that because that is simply, you know, another form of implicit behavior and implicit memory, which is going to just, you know, kind of push you into a very similar place as to what we're talking about here, right? Um, Because, you know, when you can't look at something, you know, honestly and without judgment, you know, you, you can't, you know, you can't really understand it, right? And, and unless you can look at something honestly and without judgment, can you truly understand it? And only if you can truly understand it on a deeply honest and non-judgmental way, can you really hope to change it, right? Because otherwise, again, you start questioning it and then all of a sudden you get into this place of like, well, there's something wrong with me for questioning this. Like, like what's wrong with me? Why am I questioning this? Why am I not just happy with all this stuff like these other people I see in the world, you know? And, and then you're just in this, you know, you just kind of miss the target and you went, all the way on the other side and now you're just you know you're in this still a very unhappy and and reactive and and anxious place okay so it's really really important here and and one of the very foundations of mindfulness is the 
is the quality of non-judgment, okay? And so I cannot stress that enough, that, that the first step is to, is to be non-judging of the awareness that you're, that you're applying to your, your situation in your life, okay? So, and again, I'll be going into that very deeply in future episodes, and, uh, and I look forward to that. But, um, but I want to just close here by saying that, like, you know, again, it's not the nice house that's the problem. I still want a nice house, okay? I would love to have a nice car because I love to drive and I would love a performance car that, you know, unlike my, uh, you know, 12, 13-year-old uh, Toyota 4Runner that has almost 200,000 miles on it now, you know, like it's a little rickety. <laughs> it's a little, you know, and plus maybe I wonder about the safety sometimes, you know? So so I would love a state-of-the-art car with state-of-the-art safety features and, and performance level and all that kind of stuff. And that's not wrong for me to want that, right? The, the, the difference is that I know that, that destroying my mind and my body in pursuit of that nice car or that nice house or those nice clothes or whatever it might be, you know, it, it just simply defeats the purpose of wanting those things in the first place. Um, you know, so again, I hope that this is resonating with some people because this is a, a really uh, powerful thing that, that most people don't even realize uh, they're, they're embroiled in, uh, you know, as I didn't. You know, it's like, you know, the, the notion that something's wrong is always going to be there, but, but you can't put your finger on it because you're unwilling to, to truly examine it. Because not unwilling, but just afraid to, to truly examine it. And, and again, you shouldn't judge that that fear and you shouldn't be ashamed of that fear because it is a scary thing and it's and it's you know it's because you've built you know you, your entire existence has been built on this foundation so so the fear is that if i take away that foundation the whole thing's going to fall down okay so i want to tell you that number 1 the whole thing is not going to fall down <laughs> and i want to tell you number 2 that it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling okay um so again, folks, I'm really, really happy that you're joining me in these podcasts. Uh, I love doing them and I hope that you love listening to them and, uh, and I'll be back tomorrow. Okay. Again, I have committed to 365 of these things. It's a, uh, it's a personal commitment I've made and I'm looking forward to, to the process of, of fulfilling that commitment. Okay. With non-judging awareness, because you know, there's nothing wrong with doing these to me at all. <laughs> um, I'm very comfortable. I'm very happy and, and it fulfills me rather than saps me. Um, and so with that, I want to just bid you uh, a good day and, uh, and I want you to all know that I wish you well. All right. And so till tomorrow, this is Art Burns signing off, uh, the mindfulness with art podcast and, uh, and my love goes out to all of you. Be well, my friends.